It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. It's always, always good to have you here. I'm, I'm grateful for uh, your attendance. And, and here we are. We are in the fourth month of the new year. I hope that uh, 2021 is going better than 20. Of course, you know, 20 was pretty good for some and not so good for others. We had a lot of, uh, what do you call it, disruption and panic. But you know what? I've also had, uh, I've heard and, and, and talked to a lot of people who've had their best year ever. Uh, I have a, a client of ours who was a, uh, a gym owner. And because of COVID, they had to shut down the gym. And they had like a 2,000 or 2,500 square facility. And they were able to, uh, they were forced to go online and do everything virtually. And because of that, of that situation, they have transformed their business. And so they have now, uh, they've been able to replace their physical or uh, brick and mortar income with a virtual income. And so they decided to sell everything and move to Hawaii. So we would love to hear your pandemic pivot, if you will, your success story. How did you ride out the storm? Um, love to have you share that with us. And again, we know that some people suffered tremendously, massive unemployment, death and illness, but it's not all doom and gloom. Um, and real quick, just want to remind everybody that today's show is being sponsored by FreePublicityExpert.com, FreePublicityExpert.com. So if you want to make the national news, get on your favorite shows, go to FreePublicityExpert.com and get started there. It's free to get started. Uh, and last but not least, don't forget to spank the like button. That's right. Let's spank the like button. Let's, uh, what do you call it, um, engage the algorithm uh, and so if you like the show and share the show, that helps us out tremendously. All right, let's get this party started. Today on the show, we have Francis Jackson. Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans disability benefits, as well as social security disability benefits. He's a founding partner of Jackson McNichol. He has been featured on Fox, ABC, CBS, and NBC network affiliates around the country. He's most recently appeared as a guest of the Ben Glass of Ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show discussing benefits for veterans and Social Security disability benefits and how his practice allows him to make a difference in the lives of people facing disability. He's also been quoted in USA Today and is listed in Cambridge's Who's Who. Mr. Jackson was honored by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors with the Quilly Award in September of 2012 for his contribution to the best-selling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's rights to veterans' disability compensation. In 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted into America's Most Trusted Lawyers for his outstanding work in disability law. For more information, visit VeteransBenefits.com. VeteransBenefits.com. Francis Jackson, welcome back. Thanks so much, Bert. I really appreciate the chance to be here with you. Absolutely, and uh, I'm excited to have you on the show again. 
what you guys do there for our, our brave men and women is, uh, is extraordinary, and it's absolutely it's, – it's unfortunate that it's necessary, but I'm glad that you guys are there. Um, I wanted to uh, talk about um, uh, some of the things that, uh, that seems to be a lot of confusion over what benefits are available to veterans. And, and for some people, this uh, might be a, kind of a – we call it a, a, a reminder, if you will – an over uh, a review, but for some others, this is going to be fresh material. So I, I wanted to just kind of start off with that and ask you if you could explain what is available, what benefits are available to our veterans. Sure, Bert. Well, actually, part of the confusion is because there's so many benefits available. But let me try and hit the highlights. Um, the the big benefits that uh, the VA offers to to veterans. Um, are, are spread over several different types of areas, but one of them is education programs. I think most people have heard of the GI Bill. Um, provides a lot of different kinds of educational and vocational training for uh, uh, folks who have served and uh, allows uh, people to get payment toward college tuition and um, toward, uh, uh, importantly, a stipend for living expenses while attending college so that people can afford to uh, to go full-time and not have to work, which is a, a very big deal. There's been a, a great deal of discussion lately because the VA has uh, proposed to cut back in some ways on the, on the stipend in that the way it works now, if you're taking a full course load toward the program you're approved for by the VA, you get the full stipend. But if you uh, don't, if you've already completed uh, enough of the coursework or it's not available this particular semester and you take another course that's not outside, that's somewhat outside the, the approved course, um, VA was proposing to not count you as a full-time student and reduce the stipend that you would get. Congress has asked them to uh, to rethink that, and um, it looks like Congress is actually going to step in and pass a bill saying that the VA can't do that, because what it would do for, for some people is nearing the end of their educational program, they wouldn't get enough money to live on, and they wouldn't be able to, uh, in fact, continue as a full-time student. So looks like Congress is going to help out on that. The other uh, thing that is less known about educational benefits is that under some circumstances, veterans can actually pass those benefits on to their children and have the uh, child attend college um, at the, the VA's expense. And that's a, a, a very big deal, as you can appreciate, with um, as someone who has children and uh, who are uh, nearing or included in college age, that 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 can be a huge uh, huge benefit to a family. So that's one area. Uh, another area is healthcare benefits, and the healthcare benefits uh, range pretty widely depending on your particular circumstances. But um, for veterans who are considered disabled. Uh, as determined by the VA, a lot of health care is free or low cost. Um, 
typically there'll be uh, for those who are not totally disabled there'll be some copay but um, it's uh, it's generally uh, much cheaper than getting the the treatment on the under um, you know privately under uh, paying for insurance for those conditions and you know it covers a, a lot of things um, prescriptions um, special uh, medications for all kinds of conditions and including uh, things up to and including HIV and AIDS um, special treatment for traumatic brain injuries uh, special treatment for mental health things like PTSD uh, so there are there are lots of uh, lots of healthcare benefits, and for those who are totally disabled, there are even healthcare benefits for spouses. So again, um, wide range of benefits potentially available to uh, to veterans in the healthcare arena. Um, another one that's uh, again very broad in terms of uh, eligibility is uh, help with home insurance, uh, home loan guarantees specifically. And for people who served uh, before 1981, typically you had to have served, depending on exactly the time period, either 90 or 181 days in the service or more. And after 1980, typically 24 continuous months, or if you were called up for a period less than that, the full period you were called up for. But again, it's a huge benefit. Uh, for many uh, veterans, it allows them to buy a home with uh, no money down and at a reasonable rate of interest. So uh, it's a it's really a, a very important uh, uh, benefit in these days when the housing market is shooting up and the amounts that people have to put down as down payments are uh, growing, it seems like, by the day. So again, uh, a, a very big benefit. Um, those are the uh, kind of the, the non non cash benefits, if you will, other than the stipend for uh, um, GI Bill recipients. Um, but uh, in addition to that, the VA has two uh, disability programs, what are called non service pension and disability compensation, that potentially provide cash benefits to veterans. So, okay, so so just to clarify, so uh, there are some programs that actually just give veterans cash. That's correct. Bert. If uh, if someone's disabled, either as a result of um, a condition they had in service or a condition caused by service, um, or they are uh, disabled and served in a period of war and have limited income, in either of those circumstances, the, the VA may be able to give them cash benefits. Uh, and there have been some significant increases in the amounts uh, that the, the VA can provide. So those, uh, those are very important benefits for people with uh, disabilities. Yeah, that, that would be, uh, uh, what do you call it, astronomically, uh, nice to uh, to have uh and so i want to back up a little bit if you don't mind and i know that again uh, my disclaimer and you and you uh 
correct me if I'm wrong, is that uh, this is, uh, we're just talking generalities. And of course, if somebody wants to know specifics, the best place to go is to veteransbenefits.com. And that, uh, you know, we're, we're just talking uh, examples and, and there's, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's, everything's on a case by case basis. I say this because I want to, I want to kind of go back and talk about this thing that you threw out there regarding that, that in some cases, uh, the veterans can pass on the college uh, benefits to their kids. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, there's a there's a statute uh, now in effect that allows the uh, folks who are entitled to uh, uh, GI Bill benefits and are not using those benefits or not going to use those benefits under limited circumstances to um, pass on those benefits to their children. Um, it, it varies a lot from case to case, so I, I, I won't even try to give you a more definitive answer, but the, uh, the, um, the information is available directly on the VA's website or by calling the VA at uh, 827-1000 in whatever city or state you're in. That will uh, put you in the, in the VA's uh, general information call center and you can get all the details. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, and again, and that's why I said that it's obviously going to be on a case by case basis. But the fact that there's a possibility there, it's worth the phone call. It's worth uh, finding out. Um, and uh, and so and I'm also just, again, blown away that, that the VA provides cash payments, again, for specific cases to veterans. So let me ask you this. What is the difference between those two disability programs? You mentioned uh, the pension uh and the compensation. Sure. Uh, Bert, um, it works sort of like uh, the way Social Security programs work, if you're familiar with that. There are two big Social Security programs. One is SSI. One is Social Security Disability. With SSI, the amount that you get paid each month is quite limited, and it's based on your your income. Uh, beyond a certain point, you become ineligible based on income. But um, with Social Security Disability, for example, it's based on your earnings. And it can be a fairly substantial number, up to 3000 a month. Um, so in the VA context, if you're kind of comparing those programs, the VA has a pension program and the way that works is if you served in a period of war, and that's, you know, um, there's still a few folks on pension from World War II and Korea, but um, as you know, most of those folks are no longer with us. But um, lots of folks from the Vietnam era, and especially, of course, from the uh, conflicts in the Middle East from 1980 forward, if you served in one of those times of war, you may be eligible for uh, disability benefits based on the pension program, which means that they would look at your income and essentially what the VA program does is to take your existing income from zero up and pay you the difference between whatever your current income is and their maximum benefit, which works out to about 1600 a month. So 
if you're getting, for example, um, Social Security disability benefits and your monthly payment is $1,000, the VA, if you are eligible for pension, would pay you the difference between that and their current rate, which is, as I said, this year is about $1,600 a month. So uh, it's, a, it's an important program and does provide cash benefits. It is, as I said, limited, but um, it's for those who are unable to work. Basically, the VA has to determine that you're essentially 100% disabled and unable to work to be eligible for pension, although uh, there are some provisions for older veterans as well. Um, but um, the big difference between the pension program and the disability program is that for the pension program, you only have to have served in a time of war. You don't need to have been actually in combat or anything like that. Uh, you could have had a safe desk job in Hawaii, uh, you know, long, long, long ways away from the, uh, the actual combat, but still be eligible as long as you served during a wartime period. Whereas with compensation, the, the approach is quite different. The compensation is intended to, uh, as the term says, compensate you for a loss of earnings based on the level of disability that the VA finds. So, for example, if you have a minor problem, say you have ringing in your ears, it's called tinnitus or tinnitus, depending on people's pronunciation, and you know, that's an annoying thing. It can affect your concentration at times, um, but it's not likely to prevent you from working. The VA rates that condition at 10%, and so they pay you a modest amount. It's about $440 a year, uh, sorry, a month, um, as compensation for that condition. Now, as your conditions get more serious, the level of compensation increases. So, for example, if you have a bad back and you have a 40% rating for that and another 10% for tinnitus or hearing loss or some other uh, condition that doesn't interfere as directly with your employment, then the VA would rate you at about 50% and pay you about 1500 a month. Um, I'm rounding off the numbers, uh, of course, to make it easy, but um, that's... Um, that's kind of the way it works, and the, the scale goes on up to 100%. Um, for those folks who the VA determines are totally disabled by their uh, service-connected conditions, the VA can actually pay them over $3,000 a month. Um, and in some ways, uh, as important, those payments are tax-free. So a person who is getting paid at the 100% compensation rate um, has about the same actual spending ability in terms of money in their hand as someone who's earning uh, a salary of about $50,000 a year because uh, while they, they're only getting a little over 3000 a month, it's tax-free, so they don't lose a third of the uh, income to Social Security tax, um, to um, income tax, state and federal and in many states, there's even an exemption for property taxes for those who are 100% disabled. So um, the compensation program is, is the one that pays the largest amounts and is the most widespread. 
but the uh, the pension program is also very important for uh, for those who uh, served in a time of war and is a particularly important source of benefits for um, older veterans who don't have uh, any significant amount of uh, social security disability or other retirement. So those are the, the basic differences between those two programs. You know, what's amazing here is, is, is the, the, the breadth uh, of, of the programs here. As you mentioned, the reason that there's so much confusion is because they have so many different programs. And, and these programs are constantly, I'm, I'm assuming, they're constantly being revamped, updated, uh, you know, new programs have started, old programs are deleted, and so it's, it, 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 it can be overwhelming. It can, Bert. There's a there's a very broad range of programs. It's uh, you know Congress has has continued over the years to increase the breadth, if you will, of the benefits available to service people. And as I'm sure you know, uh, I know your daughter's been in the military. The uh, the pay isn't much, and so one of the ways that that um, the services attract uh, capable people is by providing that after service they'll be entitled to uh, this broad range of benefits, and you know it's a it's a uh, an important um, set of benefits that go along with military retirement pay for those who make the military a career till retirement. So it, it's a, it's a real inducement to uh, help to get people to serve in our armed forces. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. All right, I want to talk about something that is, for lack of better terms, uh, a, a fact of life and, and, and something that uh, most of us do not ever want to talk about, and that is what kind of benefits are available to, let's say, widows or widowers of veterans? Well, actually, Bert, there, there are quite a few benefits. Um, the programs that we talked about a little before, the compensation and uh, pension benefits, are available in a modified form for the uh, widows or widowers. And that's in addition, of course, to um, things like burial benefits that are uh, available to, uh, to a spouse who uh, loses a... Uh, a, a uh, a veteran who um, was either service-connected or not service-connected. The, the amounts of the burial benefits are different for uh, cases where the person's death was related to uh, their, some problem in service. Uh, but uh, even for those who have no service-connected uh, benefit, there is a, a small death benefit in any event for burial purposes. But the uh, the big benefits for uh, widows or widowers are for uh, under the under the pension program if the death was not service connected if the widow or widower is uh, without funds or has a very modest income the pension program that we talked about earlier will pay pension to uh, the widow or widower 
uh, again, based on financial, uh, in, you know, financial uh, income, uh, you know, their annual income. Um, so that uh, uh, with the example I used earlier with the pension program where the person is getting Social Security and then the pension program would pay an additional amount up to their limit, works the same way with the death pension for um, those uh, spouses of uh, or widows of uh, veterans who uh, served in a period of war. So uh, there are still actually a number of uh, widows of World War II veterans and Korean War veterans who are getting pension benefits because they didn't work, so they don't have Social Security benefits, and they typically don't have other income in many cases, so they get a small uh, pension check every month. Uh, it's roughly 1400 a month now. Um, so uh, that's the, uh, the pension side. On the compensation side, if a person uh, loses a spouse, a veteran spouse, who, uh, whose death was related to uh, their uh, service, then there's a program called Dependency and Indemnity Compensation. And that's such a mouthful that it gets abbreviated down to DIC. But what that program does is to provide a monthly benefit um, to a widow or widower of a, a veteran who died and whose death was related to service. Um, typically, any death on active duty will be treated as related to service. Um, and as we talked about before, in addition, if uh, someone dies on active service, there is also a, a substantial uh, death benefit payable to the spouse. But uh, in terms of uh, a typical situation where the person died after service, but the death is connected to service, in addition to the burial benefits that we talked about, there is a uh, monthly DIC payment for the spouse. Um, and I think I may have misspoken a moment ago. The, the 1400 is for the DIC payment. The, the pension benefit is actually less than that. But uh, for uh, DIC, um, there is a uh, potential benefit of about 1400 a month plus an additional amount for any, any dependents under the age of 18 or 18 to 23 and attending college. So um, the, the VA attempts to, to some degree, fill the gap that is caused by the veteran's death in terms of the economic impact, and those benefits are available. If uh, the deceased veteran was 100% uh, service-connected uh, before uh, the death, then um, there are also health care benefits uh, available through CHAMP VA. And the, um, uh, the benefits uh, continue for the widow or widower's lifetime uh, unless that person remarries. Um, and <laughs> there's, a, there's an odd little wrinkle in that. Um, don't ask me why they picked this age, but if the person who's getting DIC remarries 
they ordinarily lose that benefit. But if they remarry after age 57, then they get to keep the benefit. I, I have no idea why 57 emerged <laughs> as a compromise number, but it's it's one of those political compromise numbers that comes out in legislation, and that's the number. Yeah. You know, and, and all I can think of, all I can think of is, is uh, these guys in Congress were sitting around a table, possibly eating steak, and there's, they're trying to decide, okay, what age are we going to choose? And there happens to be a 57, a Heinz 57 sauce on the table, and they said, hey, we'll just go with that age. <laughs> that makes sense. That's entirely possible, Bert. These, these political <laughs> compromises happen in strange ways sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's just the only thing that came to mind. I just thought, you know, wow, that is really weird. Um, all right, so so let me ask you this. What what if a veteran dies while his or her claims are pending? Can the deceased veteran's estate pursue those claims, or is it dead? Well, um, that's, that's an interesting area because Congress has, has changed the rules on that uh, a lot in the last few years. Um, um, but the, the short answer is no, that the, the veteran's estate can't pursue the claim. But here's how it actually works. A spouse or a child under 18 or 18 to 23, if attending college, um, can apply for what are called accrued benefits, meaning that if the veteran had a claim pending when he died or she died and the spouse or child makes a claim in within a year, then they can seek to have the VA determine that that claim should be granted. And what happens then is that creates a, a pot of potentially available money so say that the veteran uh, had a claim for PTSD pending and died um, two years after he filed his claim. A year later, after the uh, spouse has filed as a um, surviving spouse and claimed accrued benefits, um, in addition to the DIC claim that we talked about earlier, if the spouse is successful in proving that the death was service-connected and the person was, in fact, entitled to PTSD benefits, um, you know, was eligible for, for those benefits, um, then the VA would go back and calculate how much money should have been paid to the veteran for the period from the time he filed the claim or she filed the claim up until the death. And whatever that amount of money is, that's the amount of money that's then potentially available for the spouse to um, to get, and that's uh, that's the accrued benefits claim. Now, where it gets tricky is if there is no spouse or uh, child uh, under the appropriate age or dependent parent, then anyone who paid money toward um, the expenses of the veteran's last illness, a funeral, burial, um, they can apply to the VA 
to have the veterans claim decided. And if it's granted, then again, we've created this pot of money, this accrued benefits money. And out of that, they can be uh, reimbursed for the amount of any benefits or any um, you know expenditures they made toward expenses of last illness or funeral or um, burial. And as you know, um, funerals can be quite expensive. So sometimes uh, you're talking literally thousands of dollars that people have, have spent and are entitled to, uh, to be reimbursed. But um, uh, oddly enough, the money cannot go to the estate. It has to go to the individual who paid the, uh, the bill or bills. And one of, the, one of the particularly odd little wrinkles is that if several people got together and chipped in, they all have to file a claim. Each of them can be reimbursed the amount that they personally paid. But if, um, you know, five kids chipped in and each paid $1,000 toward a funeral um, and only two of the kids apply, they can only get $1,000 each because that's what they spent. The, um, so all, all five would have to, uh, to apply if, in order to get the entire amount repaid. So it's a, it's a strange little, little uh, area. And one of the things that's, uh, that's happened in the last few years, it used to be that um, the accrued benefits would not be payable to, uh, to a widow or a widower. Um, the, the claim essentially died with the veteran. Then they made it so that, well, they could get a year's worth of back benefits. Then it was two years' worth of back benefits. And now Congress has said, no, we'll, we'll give them the full amount that uh, the veteran should have gotten had he lived long enough to collect or she lived long enough to collect. And so that has actually accounted for quite a, quite a significant increase in the amount uh, paid out in, uh, in past due benefits for veterans over the last uh, few years with these changes. Man, that's incredible. It just, uh, it, uh, again, it, uh, it's, it can be overwhelming. You can see, I should say, why it can be overwhelming uh, with all the stuff and Congress updating different benefits or different laws and uh, the example of, uh, of that age cutoff thing at 57. It's, it's just it's just overwhelming. So let me ask you this. Uh, I'm a veteran. I apply for my benefits. I get denied my benefits. What's the next step? I go to veteransbenefits.com and, and walk me through. What is it that you guys do once I contact you guys and tell you that my claims have been denied? Sure. Well, obviously the first thing we would do is uh, try to sort through with you what the claims are and whether we think uh, they actually have merit, you know, we get some we get some strange ones sometimes. Um, you know, we 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 will ask uh, a veteran, well, you know, this particular claim, why did you think that's related to service? And I I swear, Bert, on more than one occasion, I've gotten an answer that goes something like, well, you know, that's not really related to service, but. Um, Fill in your favorite uh, um, veterans organization, American Legion, DAV, uh, whoever, said, I should put it down. <laughs> and I, I just 
end up scratching my head with some of those. But so the first thing that we, we do is, is to look at whether we think there's really a meritorious claim that, that this problem was caused by service. But assuming that the answer to that is yes, then typically uh, it would depend on the timing of the claim. If, in fact, uh, we're within the appeal period and depending on what decision you got and when you got it, we may or may not be within the appeal period. Uh, for a basic rating decision, you have a year to appeal. If you're already in the appeal process in, um, in the older claims and you've gotten a statement of the case, there's only a 60-day window to appeal. Uh, and if you've gotten a board decision, there's a period of 120 days to appeal. So it just depends on whether we're in the appeal period. Assuming we're in the appeal period, we would um, go ahead and file the appeal. If uh, we're not within the appeal period, then um, we would help the veteran to file what's called a supplemental claim, uh, which is basically starting the, a, a previously denied claim over again and get that moving forward. Um, once we're into the, uh, the appeal process, the typical steps are on a supplemental claim, there's an initial determination by the regional office um, and Oops. Sorry about that. Um, anyway, uh, we'd, we'd, uh, we'd look at, uh, at whether there's uh, uh, additional information that would be helpful to submit for the supplemental claim and work with the veteran to get that information in um, and uh, make sure that they are aware of and attend any uh, medical examinations that the VA uh, asks for uh, on the claim. If we're um, already past the initial rating decision and the appeal is, uh, is going up um, to the Board of Veterans' Appeals, um, then what we would do is work with the veteran to develop the evidence to present at the hearing. Uh, at that level, we would often uh, work with the veteran to get a medical opinion from a specialist in the relevant area to help to establish service connection. Uh, most of these cases that get to the appeal level get there because there's not enough medical information to show that the condition that the veteran has now uh, is connected to uh, some illness or event in his service or her service. So that's often the, the critical piece is developing that medical evidence. In other cases, it can be developing other kinds of evidence. Um, it can be uh, scientific evidence. It can be finding uh, people who served with the veteran um, and getting statements from them about what happened. We had one case uh, a few years ago where the issue was that the VA was not persuaded that this gentleman had been involved in um, a near miss when a helicopter crash and participated in um, cleaning up the uh, the remnants of the people and the and the helicopter. And we were able to find his former captain in Labrador and get a statement from him saying that, uh, yep, yeah, uh, I, I was there, and this is what happened. And, you know, this is the unit we were with. And, um, 
and persuaded the VA that in fact uh, he uh, uh, was absolutely correct that that was what had happened and that was the event that caused his PTSD and got him a number of years of back benefits. So it, it depends simply on what's going on. But, you know, um, you were commenting as we started the show about how uh, people's years have gone. And I have to tell you that we have had an amazing level of success in uh, 20, in 2020, um, got uh, more benefits for veterans than in any prior year, and uh, we were able to uh, work with the VA to get uh, hearings by uh, video uh, over their video link and use that uh, process to uh, get uh, a large number of hearings and to get literally millions of dollars for uh, our veteran clients last year. So um, we were among the lucky ones that we were talking about who uh, uh, did not suffer from uh, from the uh, events of last year, but actually uh, were able to uh, do better than before. Yeah, that's outstanding. And, and just out of curiosity, do you think that was uh, uh, somewhat attributed to the fact that a lot of these veterans, like a lot of people, they were quarantined. So they have now maybe additional time to think about, you know, their benefits and they're not as distracted. And so now they're, they're taking the extra time to make those claims. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Is, is there something else that you think attributed to that success? Well, Bert, in, in all candor, I think a big part of uh, – of the reason we were able to do so well last year was that um, a lot of folks were not uh, sophisticated about um, doing these claims uh, by video. And we actually developed a program where we um, bought a bunch of uh, iPads and um, programmed them and sent them out to veterans uh, to use for their hearings on a a loaner basis, you know, we, we send it out, they, they use it for the hearing, send it back. Um, so we, we've we got, uh, I don't know, 15 or 20 of these uh, uh, iPads that we're getting out to people who didn't have the uh, the ability to uh, to do hearings on, on their own, you know, for, for computer reasons. And the uh, I, another piece of that is simply that because we were pretty aggressive about getting into that uh, the video program and lots of other people weren't, we were able to kind of push our clients to the head of the line in some cases um, nice. and get them an opportunity they wouldn't have, wouldn't have had to have their hearing as quickly. So um, a number of things just kind of combined to, uh, to, uh, to work out, you know, so that we were able to get uh, lots of folks their benefits. And I, I have to say, I was very, very proud of uh, our team and the, the things they came up with to make this all work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to point this out. This is a great example of going beyond the mark, uh, thinking outside the box. You know, most people would think, hey, my client doesn't have a computer. They're going to go, well, can you go to a friend's house? Can you do something else? Whatever, whatever. Or, or there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, you guys said, hey, let's, let's, help, let's help out our customers. Let's get them a way so they can have these, uh, this connection. And so you did this thing with the uh, iPads. 
that is not only great customer service, it's also smart marketing. And because you guys were willing to make that investment, take that risk, your clients were rewarded, and as well as you guys were rewarded. But as you, as you said, you were able to get some of these people pushed to the front of the line while some other uh, individuals are still suffering because they haven't been able, you know, they weren't able to make that, that, uh, that video connection. So hats off to you. That is great thinking. That's very smart for you and your team. So, man, that's outstanding. Well, this is uh, We actually uh, got uh, uh, compliments from the from the VA for doing that because they were they were pleased that we were able to make that work for folks. Oh, that is so smart, Francis. We're out of time. I want to thank you so much for stopping by, and also thank you so much for taking care of our brave men and women. Looking forward to having you back again soon, my friend. Thanks, Bert. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Good stuff there from veterans disability lawyer Francis Jackson. You want to find out more about Francis Jackson and his team. As you can tell, they go that extra mile. Check out VeteransBenefits.com, VeteransBenefits.com. If you have questions, they have the answers. They'll find it for you. Uh, They'll talk to you, point you in the right direction. won't cost you anything, VeteransBenefits.com. Please, let's share this episode with everyone you know. Let's help as many people as possible. And remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.